The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell here. Carrie, you, know, you know, this is my theme song for You Know Who, right? Biden? Go. Fauci? I mean, this could be a few people. <laughs> my administration understands that if we were to ever experience unchecked inflation over the long term, that would pose a real challenge to our economy. So while we're confident that isn't what we're seeing today, what? We're going to remain vigilant about any response that is needed. As I made clear to Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve when we met recently, the Fed... Yeah, it would probably negotiate whether uh, Biden's going to keep Powell around for another term, right? I think that's what they were meeting about. Yeah. Independent. should take whatever steps it deems necessary to support a strong, durable economic recovery. So, I don't know... You know, he, so you, you still have Fed Chair Powell and President Biden. Inflation in the U.S. rose at its fastest pace in 13 years. Yeah. Growing concerns about inflation dragged U.S. consumer sentiment in early July. <laughs> so there's a little, there's a little dispute on whether this inflation is transitory or non-transitory. Well, yeah, or to say that it's, I mean, I don't know. I've been at the grocery store, look at gas price. I mean, people are feeling, people are delaying purchases, car prices. I talked to someone this week that we're going to buy a boat and they said, boats are at all time. I'm not buying a boat this year. Yeah, I, I no, I do put a lot of, you know, confidence in the people running the central banks. A lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there were there were huge calls for hyperinflation after the 2008 financial meltdown, right? Mm-hmm. When, when, when the Fed started doing QE. And we waited around for 20 right. years for inflation to get over 2% and never did. Right. So... Now, again, we have the same thing, but this is a little bit different this time. I was going to say, it's different. It's the Rona shutdown, the beach ball bounce recovery. It's dropping 5 to $6 trillion in everybody's laps, a lot of revenge spending, and everybody wants to go out and spend money, and we've got shortages. We've got backup on you know order, the, the right. supply chain. We've got people that don't want to go back to work yet, uh, mm-hmm. and, and restaurants can't even open to, to serve the clients. Not to capacity, demand. right. So, so yeah, it, it is going to be interesting. I don't know. Flip a coin for every for every professional or expert, not professional, but expert, let's call them, right? Economist, politician, whatever, that says, uh, infl- again, so, you know, the Republicans are going to tell you, oh, inflation inflation is going to kill your retirement, right? Because they want to do anything they can to win back right. the seats in next year's midterm elections. And, of course, you're going to hear President Biden and any of the Democrats saying that, no, this inflation is just transitory. And Yeah, but we, Janet Yellen last week said, it, oh, it might last longer than so. Well, longer than maybe the summer. They originally you know, thought. Um, and, and we'll see. So that's the big question. So we've been talking a lot on this show for the last year and a half. right? right? Uh, how do you who do you listen to? Um, who's right? Who's wrong? Nobody knows. It's never happened like this before. Right. But people notice, I mean, when you go to the store, you're noticing price. So for anybody to say it's not happening, 
that's not really. Well, I think everybody knows it's happening. The question is, is it permanent? That's mm-hmm. the key. In other words, is is it going to revert back to the two to two and a half percent that the Fed's shooting for? But again, it's they've they've handled this recovery completely different than they did the Great Recession. You know, they they, they and the jobs did come back a lot quicker. Right. <laughs> you know, in this recovery than they did in the 2008 jobless recovery. Right. right? The stock market did both in both recession recoveries. Stock market did great in 2009, 2010. Stock market's doing just fine here in, in 2000, uh, you know, 2020, 2020, 21. Um, so again, but the, the point is, if you are concerned that higher inflation is going to ruin your retirement plans, derail your plans for retirement, then you can sit home and worry about it. Mm-hmm. Or you can try to be proactive and get help in building. If you can't do it yourself, get help and building a financial model where you you have enough logic in the program that you can toggle up the inflation factor as as in any way you want. Right. So, Carrie, we have clients who permanently raise it from what they were using before. Right. We have clients who are saying, "No, I think it's going to be higher." transitory for the next year or two years, then fall back to its norm. Um, we always talk about on this show that you, you if you want to get real, you, you, you may use different inflation rates depending on the characteristic of the expense. Right, because healthcare costs, we've always used higher than the day-to-day living. And some of your expenses don't go up at all inflation. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, Mark, what's that? Well, how about your fixed mortgage? Your auto payment might, or I mean, it's fixed for a period of time. Right. What about your family gifting? Some people want it to be flat. Some people say we'll adjust. Well, yeah, a lot of time, Yeah, you know, discretionary spending is a whole different category, mm-hmm. right? Because again, yeah, I don't think a lot of people sit home when they're when they're writing out, you know, uh, their Christmas checks and saying, "Oh, I'm going to increase it by the rate of uh, CPI index last quarter." Yeah, usually it doesn't happen. I, no, I think it's like if there's a good if it's a good year in the stock market, they may give a little more, and if it's a bad year in the stock market, they may give a little less. Right. Um, but let's talk about another discretionary that, that I think is, is a good illustration of how you want to run your financial plan. Um, so, I, I, Carrie, I was, we were working with a client, and we started working with them a few years ago. And pre-retirement, he was getting, and he, and he was going to achieve the American dream. You know, he was going to sell his business. Mm-hmm. And get the get the walk away, and then right. ride into the sunlight or the sunset. sunset? <laughs> you know, um, and but part of that, after working very hard, was they they were going to um, reward themselves with a world cruise. Yeah. Okay. So he had been planning this years before the Rona. Right. Okay. Um, and at the, when he was pricing out before the the Rona shutdown. He was looking at fifty thousand dollars. Okay. okay, and so he was, you know, that was part of his plan. You know, Mark, can I afford to do this and everything right. else? And a lot of that had to do with how much the buyout was going to be and all right. that good stuff. But in any of the case, so now everything, all the dust settled. Everything came out really well. They got through the Rona recession, and he went to price the world cruise a little bit higher. A little bit higher. It's like one hundred twenty-five thousand, right? Okay, so here's the point I'm trying to make. So, inflation. So, does he have to now pay one hundred twenty-five thousand for that world cruise? No, no. Could he still take a nice trip for fifty thousand? A very nice trip for yes. fifty thousand. So that's why sometimes you know when you talk about discretionary spending, inflation. A lot of times we don't just add on inflation to discretionary. The idea is that how much are you budgeting for those types of expenses, and if inflation makes it a little bit more expensive, you maybe do a little less. You can't do that with your utility, right? Bill. And some people wait on items like we have people waiting for cars, or people waiting to build a deck, or people wait because Buying of inflation. A house. Yeah, not a great time to buy a house, great time to sell a house um, and all those different variables to take into consideration. But the bottom line is modeling those things in and the concerns that you have. And does it really impact long term? Because people can get a handle on a year or two, but does 
the long-term planning, are you going to run out of money, which is universal dependent, regardless of a state size, impact my retirement date, my spending plans, um, and looking at all that. And that's what financial planning does is we model that in. And you're listening to Financial Food for Thought here this morning on 1420 AM. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that impact your life, whether you're working and thinking about your future retirement date or you're already retired and worried about issues like inflation, which is a big one, spending, future tax increases, market volatility, health care costs, and how to put that all together and how to take advantage of opportunities. Because right now, we still have more favorable tax rates through 2025. And are you taking advantage of all available opportunities and strategies? And we are sponsored by the estate planning team, which is a fee-based affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. What we do, which we were talking about, is the financial modeling. We do objective, unbiased analysis and make recommendations on that analysis, whether it's doing a complete financial model on your financial life or if people want help objectively saying timing of Social Security, election analysis, should I do a Roth conversion? whatever, you know, how do I fund different things that endeavors and what's possible and what's not. Uh, the estate planning team has been around more than 35 years in the Cleveland area, helping people, individuals, families, business owners um, through good and bad times. And we're always helping people look for opportunities. And the place to start is have a financial model with realistic conservative assumptions. Um, and we talk about building a base plan and then we build alternative plans. If you're worried about inflation and that it never goes away. Does that affect your financial decisions? Premature death of a spouse, a nursing home stay, market downturns. There's times when people say, hey, I, you know, when we're talking about what assumptions do you want us to use for growth rates for that base case? Do you want to assume that there's any more growth in 2021? Although it's, if you were starting now, um, do you think there's going to be a loss in the future? And then and building those model and we can manipulate every variable so you can see the long-term effect. Some people, it'll impact when their retirement date. Some people, it won't. Some people, it um, impact their spending or their, you know, for this person, I know we're still on the analysis phase. Can they still afford the 125 if they really wanted to? Because that was a bucket list dream trip that they had been planning for many years. Can they still swing it? Will that affect them running out of money? And we offer a free, no obligation consultation for people who want to look at these issues. We're happy to do that in person, or if you're more comfortable, we can do that over the phone. And we actually have you provide information ahead of time if you prefer. And we can run preliminary analysis and some numbers so we can show you an example of our model using our numbers and look for opportunities, potential problems, um, or we can just use a sample case and talk to you by phone. We're not investment advisors. That's not what we do. We don't pick stocks or mutual funds. We do look at your overall assets and say what growth rate is appropriate based on your asset structure or what growth rate do you really need to accomplish all your financial goals. And sometimes people are taking on more risk than necessary. Sometimes we find people that maybe after 2008 parked it in cash and really been afraid and CDs and been afraid to get back in the market, you know, and just doing those realistic plans. And we work with people um, to give them the best results possible and coordinate with their existing advisors, whether that be the investment person. Um, a lot of our clients use an outside investment advisor. We have a lot of clients that do the investing on their own. Either way, we're, we play a very different role. And if you'd like to take advantage of a free consultation, again, by phone or in person, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And earlier this year, we worked on a case. It was um, a single individual. Um, she was 65, liked her job most of the time. Like everybody, there there were some things. And she was planning on working till 70. She said that in her mind, that's what at the time she she did not realize she didn't have to take minimum required distributions to 72. She has good health care benefits, although she's already someone who could go on Medicare and get a supplemental. Um, I, I need her to talk to my wife because my wife's okay. threatening about retiring. Her. Oh, is but, she? Yeah, but go ahead. Okay. 
Well, she, I was going to say, we have a, well, we've talked about last week's show about how many people are retiring sooner and it's not stop working. They would just want to do something. The great else. resignation. Yeah. Well, and her place, but then she went on a trip earlier that she finally got back to after went with a group of people to Florida and have friends all over the country and said, "Mm," you know, her plan was working fine based on her retiring at 70. She could be spending more than um, she should. She has three kids. She's a widow. And she called back and said, you know, I really like the traveling. I, you know, it's the free. I don't mind my job, but it would be nice to know if I could retire. Yep. Based on these spending. And she had quite a bit of discretionary in travel, charitable, family gifting was hefty, and her kids were doing well. The family gifting wasn't really out of need. It was out of she just wanted to help the family out. And when yeah, we crunched- yeah, enjoy the, the, the mm-hmm. watching them spend it. You know, we have more and more clients that are thinking that way. They, you know, they, they say, yeah, I, I, I don't, my kids aren't asking for it, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, if I, I'd like to, I like to enjoy it with them, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of times that will be taken on a family trip, but that's sometimes right. hard to get everyone scheduling down for that. But, or you know, a lot of times the kids, even though they say they don't need it, you know, it right. may help out. And and a lot of times you get in that situation where the kids say they don't need it, but yet then you ask them another question, like, well, by the way, are you funding your own four hundred one k? And they're like, no, because I can't afford to. Right. And well, doesn't your company have a free match? Well, yeah. And and so sometimes our clients gift money go say, well, here's a deal for you, kiddo. You know, if I give you some money for your cash flow, will you promise me you'll fund your 401k and get free money by your right. company? Anyway. And ahead. that makes a huge difference on parents that are worried about their kids' future retirement. But she came back and said, you know what? Maybe I don't want to work another four or five years. Can you mm-hmm. tell me how much longer I have to work based? Keep my spending, keep the growth rates, keep everything the same. The only thing that would is going to be different because she bear, I mean, her health care premiums are minimal. So, you know, having to pay for a supplemental and mm-hmm. running those numbers, but she can retire well, you know, a lot sooner. Yeah, and and Carrie, it's an interesting point when, and and that's that's not necessarily a knee jerk reaction, but normally when we're working with a client and and the the original retirement stake in the ground is out four or five years, mm-hmm. it's it's not always you say, well, can I take can I chop those four or five years off? Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Right. Usually we start slower in that, mm-hmm. right? And say, well, let's see what a year or two looks like. Right. And but now, but at times, you, if you know for sure, I mean, sometimes, yeah, right. You can say, but so so sometimes you go a little bit slower than that, and it's and it's really when it comes down to reality, it's well, yeah, let's go a little bit slower in, in chopping off because a lot of wheels turn mm-hmm. when you shut off the wages, like you're right. talking the healthcare. Expenses may go up. Well, then, how do I cover the expenses? Because she still wanted to wait for Social Security to seventy. Because in her family, she has longevity, so she wanted her plan. She wanted her money lasting to ninety-eight. So she has still a lot of years that she needs to cover, and she likes nice things. And we're able to talk. So she was in a position where she was saying, "I mean, I'd like to walk out tomorrow." When originally she was saying maybe five years from right. now. So what'd you do? So we were able to show her she could retire in 18 months, not five years, and not change any of the variables of the discretionary spending and still be able to do the IRA distribution planning to cover those spending. However, in her case, she also, if she wanted to retire and walk away tomorrow, she had the availability between the family gifting, the charitable, and the travel, which are pretty hefty, to scale that back if she really wanted to by 20% and still be able to walk away tomorrow, which she really didn't think she would do. Right. So there's a lot of different planning analysis that goes into mm-hmm. that f- solution, right? And that's typically the the process that we go through with our clients. You know, we build plan a right which is the are you in the ballpark part yeah is that get you in the ballpark of retiring when you want having the this the lifestyle in retirement that you always wanted and also conservative realistic assumptions for 
um, rate of return on investments mm-hmm. and inflation. And taking into account income taxes are part of it. Can't forget about that. Um, now, and and the idea is, yeah, does that get you, in the, her case, to age 98? And so the plan A, if she worked for five more years, she's getting there, right? Plan B, you're saying, is if she quit tomorrow, she isn't getting there. Okay, right. so what happens if plan A isn't lasting as long as you want it lasting? Because honestly, as much as it's exciting, and I have to say a lot of people come in and they can retire sooner, sometimes they can't. But then we can come and tell them, how do you get to that right. date or how much longer do you have to work? And 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 there's more than just one solution. In other words, the, the quick do it DIY solution is work longer. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, all right, yeah, sure, you, you know, work longer, but how long? You know, in right. other words, is do I have to work? And then this is where the choices come in, where you could say, well, I'm going to work full time for X amount of years, or, but I'd ra- I ha- I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, the rat race is killing me. Right. So I'm doing an encore career, but I, I, I only want to work two, three days a week. Right. So how many years of that would I have to do? See, it's still your, what's your preference? Mm -hmm. Would you rather work full time for a shorter period of time or part time for a little bit longer period of time? Right. And every client's different. Right. Or do you want to like cut expenses? Well, I'm going to the next one. So the first one is work longer. Right. But sometimes working longer, sometimes you don't have a job anymore. People Uh, have been, thankfully this market, sometimes health, you're saying, we've had people saying, you know what? The stress has taken a toll on me. I can't do this job because it's, it's killing me. And How some, many times do we hear people yeah, say that? It's still the number of reason why people retire before they plan to, right? And it's, sometimes it's not your health. Right. You may have to be a caregiver for a mm-hmm. spouse or an elder parent. You can't handle your 60-hour work and do that at the same time. Right. What, which is more important? It's up to you. Right. It's a, a personal, you know, um, but in either case... So if work longer isn't the solution, okay, well, then usually the clients go to next, okay, you've got to cut spending. But we don't start with the grocery bill, right? You know, it's it's, no. it's that discretionary spending that right. we built in plan A. Right. That's why when we build a plan, we don't bury in the discretionary spending with your daily living expenses. We right. keep separate schedules so you can independently you know, adjust the discretionary without saying I'm not affecting what I really have to pay the grocery bill and the utilities. So on the discretion, but it's not like, okay, you can't, like my example earlier, it's you, okay, you can't do the $125,000 world cruise, but you can still do a $50,000 trip. It's right. not like you cut it out completely. Right. Or you want the robot to tell you how much reduced. Let's say you're not, it's not the bucket list. Let's say you wanted 10000 a year in travel for the first 15 years of retirement. And the robot says you can't afford that. Well, can I afford 8000 a year? Mm-hmm. Or can I afford 10000 for 10 years and 5000 for five years? Or if that thing's really important to you, maybe some people say, hey, um... Maybe I'm good with the plan only running a couple years. Maybe I thought it was overly aggressive. We've had people come back and saying, you know what? I defaulted to 98, but maybe I'm comfortable with the plan going to 94. That's another solution. You you reduce your longevity projections. Right. Because some people say, oh, I was overshooting. Okay. Let's see if we can think of some other solutions. Well, one, sometimes people go to, well, um, Mark, I, I, you know, I told you to run the plan conservatively. I only assumed a 5% growth rate on my mm-hmm. investments, but my investment guy says he can easily get me six. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So if we ratchet up the rate of return in the plan from five to six, mm-hmm. maybe that does get you right. that longevity. I mean, one percentage return over 30 years is huge. Mm-hmm. And re- return on investments. Now, does that mean you can just ratchet up the growth to ten percent a year? No. Well, you, you could. I, I can Honestly, if you want you could, to. But, but you, are you going <laughs> to sleep at night yeah. knowing that you have to get ten percent growth each and every year? Yeah. With, nah. yeah. Yeah. That that may be. Yeah. So, but so there's like maybe a ceiling of. But I mean, the idea of you know you what you would want to ask your investment advisor is saying, okay, Mister Advisor, how much additional risk what I need to take on to get one percentage increase in the rate of return. Mm-hmm. 
And does that mean I got I got to go from my 50-50 portfolio to 60-40? Does it mean I have to go from 60-40 to 65-35? Does it mean I better do something than with my fixed side instead of just leaving it in cash, earning right. nothing? Do I need to look at bonds? Do I need to look at preferred stocks? Do I need to look at fixed annuities? You know, something that maybe can do better than my CDs. So, or savings so, if you parked it there. So yeah, so those are so that would be one solution is to try to increase the rate of return. Right. right. So are there others, Carrie? Well, um, I was going to say, I can think of one we don't talk about. It depends on the case is underutilized assets where sometimes people have old whole life or old insurance policies where nobody's looked at them in a while. And sometimes when we run the numbers, they can they keep paying premium and the and the death benefits growing, but they can actually pay less premium. So we can, in essence, cut their expenses while keeping the same death benefit or sometimes using money from a policy where the policy is accumulated. So there are things there. Sometimes when we come across that, it's getting less and less. It's more of our older clients. But sometimes we do find that where people are, you know, it's not, it's it really, it's cutting an expense and keeping the same value. Right. Um, another one could be you finance your shortfall. Oh, especially with low interest rates and equity yeah. lines, so a credit. You know that if you've listened to this show for a long time, you know that you know I'm not exactly in Dave Ramsey's camp. That's saying that you should never, ever, 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 ever have any type of debt okay. going into retirement. Now that's fine if you want to build your retirement. That that's absolutely fine. But I don't know if everyone has to follow that philosophy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's you know written in stone. Um, so I'm okay if my clients want to use debt as part of their retirement solution, mm-hmm. whether that be mortgages, right. could be a reverse mortgage. Equity lines are really low. Home some of the line of credits for, as opposed to building a cash reserve, that's not earning anything. Just have a home line of credit for your cash reserve. Mm-hmm. If you need it. Um, Credit cards, uh, you know, again, that's, that's a, little, little costly. a little dicey, but auto financing mm-hmm. could be in place. Um, and see, my point is that's my client's decision whether they want to use debt or not. My role, I see it as, as a professional financial planner is that I, if they want to use debt, I just want to make sure that they can service their debt right. without getting into a problem. Right. And that's what we try to model then. In other words, so if, I'm fine. If you want to you want to mortgage your house, your your vacation home, what have you, fine. You want to use a reverse mortgage so you don't have to make any payments, fine. But in either case, I, it's also looking at the long-term view of that and is that going to still work out? As a matter of fact, we're, we're, right now, you know who's who you might not think is using debt? The very, very wealthy. Mm. All right, because look at the circumstances that they face. If you're if and I'm talking about the, you know, the real and, and but this may come into more play if the Democrats are successful in lowering the federal state tax exemption mm-hmm. or lowering the step up. a bit. You know, is that, so if they put the state death taxes back in. So if you have a wealthy person who's saying, hey, I may even be subject to a state tax when I die, that my kids are going to get whacked by an estate tax. And I've got I've got to get my cash flow. Well, I could sell my investments, pay capital gains tax now, and use that cash flow for spending carry, right? Mm-hmm. But now they're also not getting what those investments were earning in terms of dividends or capital appreciation. Right. The market's been pretty good, right? So as opposed to that, they're saying, well, why don't I just borrow money? I've got lots of collateral. I've got my home that I could, you know, get a mortgage on. Actually, my broker dealer is offering me financing. Now, and I'm not even yeah. talking about margin loans. I'm just talking about straight financing. Okay. So, so some of the large broker dealers are competing with the banks and saying, "Well, I can, you know, I, you know, Mr. Klein, I can give you. Uh, you're, you're telling me you're going to go apply for a mortgage and go through all that hassle at the banks, you know, to with all the stuff and all the." 
test that they have. They said, no, we'll, we'll do I know what you have in our account. We'll, we'll give you a loan right now. They're getting into the business, right? Right, because sometimes if they have to raise the cap funds to do it, it actually costs somebody who's a high earner, or even if it's interest dividends and capital gains, it's going to cause their Medicare B premiums to go up because they're already watching those thresholds. Their Social Security is getting taxed. So they want to be as more care- careful than anyone. Right. So so by borrowing, you know, when you, you know, when you, that's not taxable income to you. Right. When you get a loan. Right? So the idea is they still have their investments earning tax. You know, it, it, you know, they don't have to realize gains. So they sell them. They're creating a debt, but they don't even care if they die with the debt. You know why? Because the debt reduces your estate for estate tax purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, it might be a win-win. And now the kids get the stocks that get a step up in basis. Hmm. So, you know, so that's why we see a lot of the that strategy when we have low interest rates. And depending on your situation, that's why very wealthy families today are using debt. And you wouldn't think of it that way, but um, I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's the old. Remember, care this used to come up when the federal state tax exemption was six hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. And talking about the reverse mortgage, right? So, so, so there were some wealthy families back in that time. They might have had a two million dollar home, right? That if they died, it would be subject to a fifty percent estate tax, right? So what they did was they said, "Well, I'm going to do a reverse mortgage on that home." Not that they really needed it for anything, right. but the, but now they've created a debt. They never have to make a payment on it because it's a reverse right. mortgage. So let's say they get an eighty percent, um, you know, money out of the the reverse mortgage. So that would be a million six, right? On their two million. So now, if they die, the federal state tax is going to be based on the two million dollar home. It's going to be based on four hundred thousand because there's a million six debt on it. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, what they did is they took that million six and they moved it out into an irrevocable trust for the kids and bought a $10 million life insurance policy. So so now at, Leverage. The, now at the time of their death, the kids get the $10 million, you know, d- tax-free life insurance and it reduces the estate tax. So, I mean, yeah, that's being creative. That's being active. Mm-hmm. We don't know if we ever have to go back to those extreme measures, but- we do see, you know, if the Democrats are successful in getting some of their progressive tax agenda pushed forward, some of these strategies, again, you may want to be looking at if, if, if you're at those levels. And in every economic situation, there's always planning opportunities. There's always tax savings opportunities. And our role at the estate planning team is to be that objective advisor and present people options and understand the positives and negatives of the choices they make and manipulate these variables so you can see you know these are the steps you need to take today to protect your long-term financial stability whether you're working retired and then how do you create the income you need to accomplish all of your spending as tax efficiently as possible which gets trickier once those wages end and the estate planning team we offer a free no obligation no pressure consultation again by phone or in person we're accredited and a-rated members of the better business bureau and super service award winners multiple years on angie's list you can call the estate planning team office at 440 439-2090. That's 440-239-2090. And we'll get back to you on Monday morning. Or if you send an email, you can send it through our website, financialfoodforthought.com. The website has our podcast of previous shows. Sign up for the newsletter. There's calculators and other helpful information there as well. And that's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell here this morning and Mark Donnelly. All right, so that did you finish that that, that finish that case review? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so I have others if we need to get to well, if we yeah. have time. Yeah, no, we do. I, but I, do you want to play the earnings game? Sure. Um, so we're in earnings season, and this is a this is going to be very important. The because what one of the things is that what the economists and Wall Street is looking at is in this recovery with all the threat of inflation and we still have a lot of unemployment in fact the the jobs the weekly jobs report was bad worse than the previous week which kind of raised some eyebrows what's going on there um 
And we and there is the Delta variant, right, which is giving a lot of shaky, you know, people are getting worried again. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with all the schools. You know, are schools going to be open? Do kids they have better to be. Mass? Um, <laughs> and we... And the unemployment is running out, so is that going to get people back to work? You know, that extra unemployment is going to run out in September. But one of the things that in any time in a, in a recovery period after recession, we found historically that if, yeah, what could lessen the risk of, of a higher inflation with, with the spending is that if, the GDP can can keep going up. In other mm-hmm. words, if if companies can keep doing well, and that's why we're look we're spe- uh, spending some extra time looking at the earnings report. So when we had the first quarter earnings, everything was great, but that was no surprise because they said, well, we knew that was going to be great the first quarter because of all the stimulus and step mm-hmm. checks and everything. And then now we're in the second quarter, and people are saying, yeah, I still expect second quarter to be great. And maybe not as great as the first quarter. Right. Um, but what if it is? And then it will even probably be more looked at in the third quarter when all these other changes end. You know, we'll see how the if people go back to work. We'll see if the schools open again. That allows the moms to go back to work, Carrie, and, and all those things. Right. So we did the big bag banks last week. And so we had uh, we have the we have the the cola wars this week here. OK. So. um how about PepsiCo? Okay. So when we play the earnings game, we, what we want to know is what did the company, did they beat? I'd say they beat. Okay. Earnings. I've got to get my, where's my sound effect, Harry? Okay. Did they, did they beat earnings? Did they meet earnings? I think they beat. Or did they miss earnings? I want to say they meet or beat. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, PepsiCo. Earnings per share came in at a dollar seventy two. The street was looking for a dollar fifty three. Okay, that's a big beat. Okay, revenue came in at nineteen point two two billion, and the street was looking for seventeen point nine six billion. Carrie, I'd say that's a. That's mm-hmm. a um, and this is the other thing that the analysts are looking for. PepsiCo raised their forecast after earnings crush estimates. In other words. There's that's what the other thing. Remember, in the first quarter, a lot of companies weren't even making comments on forecasting because they had no idea right. what how the recovery was going to go. So now here we're starting what what we're seeing in the second quarter estimates is that the companies are now giving some guidance. Okay, because they're getting their hands around this a little bit. And um, let let's see what uh, CFO Hugh Johnson said. A lot of things we did through the pandemic continuing to invest in the business are now paying dividends that now that mobility has increased and consumers are getting out more. So, you know, the PepsiCo and that and the opening of the restaurants is a big business for them, right? Um, And the snack food. Is anyone eating any snack food during the shutdown? I'm sure. Um, So, yeah. So they're raising. So everything. Okay. Let's see next. But how about Woca-Cola? I'm hoping they missed only because of all of this. Wokeness all right. is so, offensive. All right. So Coca-Cola earnings came in at 68 cents per share and the street was looking for 56 cents. So Carrie, that's a, Dang. that's a beat. Um, revenue Shoot. came in at 10.13 billion versus 9.32 billion expected. Okay. Um, Coca, Coca-Cola also raised its full year forecast for adjusted earnings per share and organic revenue growth. Um, a year ago, the company reported its biggest plunge in quarterly revenue in at least three decades as lockdowns led to cratering demand. The company said Wednesday that away from home channels like restaurants and movie theaters were rebounding in some markets like China and Nigeria. Um, shares of the stock rose about 2% um, on the news. Okay, so how about... Um, Let's get out of the cola wars. How about PPG Industries? Mm. Okay, good old uh, gold. Okay. Um, all right, so how's that industry doing? Well, earnings per share came in at $1.94 when the street was looking for $2.19. Mm. 
All right. Um, net sales came in at four point three six billion. The street was looking for four point four two billion. Ouch. So why did PPG miss? Yeah, I would not have thought they would have missed. Okay, the overall economic demand growth is projected to remain very broad and strong. A supply condition normalized. It expects strong sales growth later this year and into 2022. So it's the supply chain that they're having oh, Okay, problem. it's not. Um, uh. Okay, it's. Um, now, they, they did. But here's the good news for shareholders in PPG. I, you know, the, the CEO is saying, finally, I'm very pleased that our board recently approved a dividend increase of about 10%. Who cares oh. how they're, hey, raise yeah, that dividend. For, you know, that I'm fine with that. That's a good dividend. Um, that, that's a, and our September payment, coupled with the anticipated payment of a similar quarterly dividend in December, will mark 50 consecutive years of annual per share increases in the company's dividend. That is a nice record that they kept going. Um all right. How about J&J? You know, the ones that came they, up with that vaccine. <laughs> I would think they're doing well. Okay. You think? I would think. I would be shocked. Yeah. All right. So earnings per share came in at $2.48 versus the street was looking for two twenty-seven. It's not a huge beat, but it's a beat. Pennies yeah. matter in the, in, the, yeah. in the earnings game. Just ask JCPenney. Um, revenue came in at $23.31 billion. Um, the revenue or the street was looking for 22. So, you know, okay. well, I don't know. Is that a meat or a beat? I, I may give them a meat care. I don't know, but let's see. But a lot of people were wondering how J and J was going to do, you know, with their, you know, with the Rona and, and their vaccine. Um, so let's see. So J and J's pharmaceutical business, which developed the single shot COVID vaccine generated 12.59 billion in revenue, a 17.2% year-over-year increase. Okay, um, Chief Financial Officer Joseph Wolk said, we've all realized over the last 18 months just how important good health is and an elective, is an elective, I don't even get his comment here, I have to slow down. We've all realized over the last 18 months just how important good health is and elective isn't elective forever. What? I'm not sure what he's talking about. Um, but again, the company raised its earnings and revenue guidance for the year. That's what the street. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what the street was looking for. Okay. Um, the financial results come a day after a new study suggested that the J and J vaccine is much less effective against the Delta and Lam- Lambda variants than against the original virus. Researchers are now suggesting that a booster dose may be needed for J and J recipients. Um, Woke told uh, the news, okay, the people should be guarded about the new study, adding that the results were based on blood samples in a lab and may not reflect the shot's performance in a real-world setting. Hmm. I think it's probably best for everyone to refer to health officials who have not yet recommended a booster, even for some less-duration vaccines out there. So mm-hmm. he seemed to be... Saying well, maybe, maybe you don't more, need a booster shot. Maybe you need more information before we jump. So anyways, but so not everyone's beating. It's still that K-shaped recovery. So, the, you know, the cola business is doing fine because mm-hmm. the restaurants are opening and the amusement parks are opening. And right. everyone drinks the, the and all the beverages of that. Right. And but yet, like the industries were PPG where you're making paints and things like that. And there's a little supply chain and. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Right. So we'll keep an eye. And, and I think, again, what's good news that I hear here is that th- these companies are now coming out with guidance again. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be positive, meaning they're thinking things are still going to get better as opposed to reversing. That's good. And regardless of that and what you're concerned about in your financial life, you need to be proactive and take action. And that's what we do at the estate planning team, help people know what they should be doing when it comes to their financial life. If you're working or retired and we offer a free consultation, if you want to take advantage of that, we don't recommend everyone that um, has a consultation use our services only if we can help. And we have both hourly and comprehensive retainer options. Both are affordable. You can call 440 239 2090 
That's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. You got Mark Dolly and Carol Waddell. And Carol, you know, you mentioned the, the great resignation, right? Mm-hmm. And that's this phenomenon we're seeing that there's a lot of people have decided not to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Whether they don't have a job to go back to work to or, you know, be, again, as a result of the pe- Rona shutdown. Right, but recession. I think a lot of people, because a lot of employers that people are just done. I don't know if they just enjoyed the freedom of time. You think? Yeah. Or a lot of them really liked the idea or got used to working at home. Mm-hmm. My yeah. hand's raised right now. Not me. I know. We're, could, we're completely I would, opposite. I would Carrie. hate to work at home. I, 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 I'd love No it. offense to my family. Love them, but no. <laughs> I compartmentalize too much. Okay, I'm an empty nester, Carrie. I love working at home. Well, even though I'm like they're minor, I only have one at home now. It's just the point of coming to the office. Like, I'm just in a different mode. So, There's too many distractions, I think, at home. Right. Um, so, but, you know, the idea that, but a lot of times, Carrie, we get the question, or not the question, but they, people are, they're not, not sure how they're going to come up with the cash flow. You know, they know they have, they, they, they know they're wealthy on paper. Right. They have this pile of money company plan. They've done a great job of or may have IRAs it away or, or IRAs, but it's what happens when wages end and- there are strategies. And what if you're before 59 and a half? Right. We have some people coming in, but it, it, there's um, techniques and strategies. You don't want to just take it out and not thinking about the tax consequences. And, and they might have loaded up on deferred annuities, but don't really ever get around to talking about taking money out of them. Mm-hmm. And when in reality for financial planners, professionals, that's the easiest thing to do. Mm hmm. I mean, it's not difficult to, and it's just because mate, you're not used to doing it because you've always been in the accumulation phase. Right. You were never in the distribution phase. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, we get that question all the time and it's like, well, you know, cause a lot of people say, well, Mark, you're asking me questions about expenses, but I don't know where I'm going to get my money for to pay the utility bills. I said, well, that's not, okay. That's the easy part. The hard part is putting a price tag on your retirement. Right. Once we know that, then we can decide, do you have enough in your nest egg to cover it? And once we determine that, how to create the cash flow is easy. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not the same solution for every client. As a matter of fact, what we try to get across is, by the way, Mr. and Mrs. Client, where you get your cash flow last year may not be where you get it this year and mm-hmm. won't be necessarily where you get it next year. But there's a trick to that and you want to take advantage of those or be aware of those tax thresholds. Even if you don't need it, maybe you want a distribution and plan that cash flow for things coming up in the future when you're at a more favorable tax rate, especially we don't know what Congress is going to do with taxes. Right now, and Maybe build up that cash reserve. Now, sometimes it's, it may be a situation where they what they're really saying is, I don't know what stocks to sell to come up with the cash flow. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I'm using stocks, but you know what I'm saying. Could right. be could be your uh, mutual funds, could be your ETFs, could be your fixed annuities. You know, I I don't know which ones to start from. Mm-hmm. Well, that's more of an that could be more of a discussion with you and your investment advisor. In, in other words, you got to keep them in the loop. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just, but some care aren't even there. They're just saying, no, I don't get how you do it. Right. And it's like, well, okay, so let's, first thing is maybe you want to set up a systematic withdrawal. And they're like, mm-hmm. what's that? And it's like, well, it's when you tell your broker dealer or you tell your custodian of your IRA that you want to have them start sending you a monthly check and you tell them how much you want in the month. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they'll do that for you. And people are like, really? They do that? It's like, yes, absolutely, they do that. Or in annuities, it could be different because they're in their own country. But now you might not need it monthly. Mm -hmm. So some of our clients do it quarterly. Okay, they don't do it every month. They just do it once every three months. Some clients carry the way their expenses work they 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 have more expenses in the first half of the year 
than they do the second half of the year. Mm -hmm. And some of our clients have less expenses in the first half of the year and more expenses in the second half of the year. And some of our clients have the most expenses in right in the middle of the year. So a lot of times you, you say, well, maybe you ought to take out the, you know, you, you've got a plan for those expensive quarters. And so you might not want to do it evenly throughout the whole year. You might want to, you know, right. you know, do it at the times you think you need something. Um, and the other thing too is, is then, then we, this, this, uh, dilemma repeats again as they get towards their required minimum distribution dates, mm -hmm. which is, you know, of course now 72, right. Um, as opposed to 70 and a half. But it's the same thing there. It's like, well, Mark, do I take out my RMD? When do I take it out? It's like, well, where, what month you took it out the last year might not be the time you take it out this year. Might not be the time. So you may be in a camp where if you're saying that you don't need it for cash flow. Right. See, let's say you don't need the RMD for cash right. flow. Um, you may, and you believe that the market's going to go up all year. You might not want to do in the beginning there. You might want to say, hey, I'm going to let the let it ride in the market, and then by the end of the year, I'll take it out. And by the way, if you're doing estimated payments, we have a lot of clients that use their IRA and do withholdings in December or late or in November, December, and cover their tax payment. While the money's working for them all year, then they're not late. I mean, we have a lot of people that do that. Now, other people think, Mark, I think the market's going to crash before the end of the year. Mm. Okay, well, maybe you want a way of locking in your gains before that crash is by doing your RMD early. Mm -hmm. Now, some people say, well, Mark, I don't know if the market's going to go up or down during the year. Okay, well, maybe you want to use a strategy of dollar cost averaging out where you're back to doing it monthly or quarterly where you're not trying to pick the day where to take it out of the market. Of you're trying to you know pick up the minutes. Um, we, there's, see, that's the easy part, mm -hmm. you know, to, to get zero on that. The tough part is you're not, you got to get pretty good, comfortable at what your true expenses are, because if you don't have a good handle on what your true expenses are, yeah, it, it is going to be like a mystery of how, when do you take right. the money out? Because cash flow comes part first, we always tell our clients, and you're spending, tax planning comes second. Right. And so, you know, it's that type of, and, and by the way, it's not against the law to take money out of your IRAs before RMDs begin. It might not also be in your best interest. Right. And we just touched on that area today, but call for a free consultation at the estate planning team at 440 Two three nine twenty ninety. That's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety. Or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at four four zero two three nine two zero nine zero. Thanks for listening.